Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. So the announcement today, the uh, emissions cap in the oil and gas sector is moving forward. Details were announced at a press conference earlier today. One of the participants in that was Canada's Minister of Energy and Natural Resources, Jonathan Wilkinson, who joins us on the line here this morning. Minister, thanks for making some time for us here. Not at all. Thanks for having me. Okay, so first of all, clarify for us what the target and the timeline is here. Sure. Uh, so the, the target is uh, a 2030 target in terms of a contribution to Canada's overall objectives of reducing carbon emissions by 40% by 2030. Um, and the time and, and the focus is really on identifying, and certainly we work very closely with folks in industry and experts, um, what is actually technically achievable between now and then. Um, and uh, and working then to ensure that we are actually moving in that direction uh, with the oil and gas sector, just as we are with every other sector of the economy. So, how much reduction by 2030? Uh, so, the total is about is between 35 and 38 percent versus 2019 levels. That is accomplished uh, through a number of different things, but but essentially it is uh, direct emissions reductions, primarily relating to the reduction of methane emissions. And, uh, and carbon that's emitted in the oil sands through implementation of carbon capture and those kinds of things. Those are the two biggest emissions reductions um, that are part of that. Let's talk about why a cap, because, of course, we have carbon pricing, which is supposed to price emissions and therefore reduce emissions, encourage alternatives. We don't have any sector-specific caps, or we haven't until now. So it seems like, A, we have an industry that's being singled out, uh, and we have a departure from the simplicity and the efficiency of carbon pricing. Well, look, car carbon pricing is one tool in what is a broad climate plan. There are a number of incentives. There are a number of regulations. There are certainly many investments, including investments in the uh, in the Dow Net Zero Petrochemical Facility that we announced last week um, or two weeks ago. Um, and uh, and certainly, um, as I say, carbon pricing is part of that. <clears throat> but it's not true to say that, uh, that the sector is being singled out. Um, in the automotive sector, for example, there is a regulation that will be put into place that says that you can't sell um, non-zero emission vehicles after 2035. That's a regulatory tool. In the electricity space, there is going to be a regulation that requires us to achieve non-emitting grids over a period of time. That's a regulatory tool. So it's not like the sector is being, uh, is being singled out. It's essentially looking at the tools that actually are going to be most effective in the sector. And in this case, I would actually say that the capital function pretty much as a backstop. I mean, at the end of the day, the sector has actually already said that they are committed to doing many of the things that are actually the big emissions reductions. Pathways, the number that, that is in the emissions cap is basically the number that Pathways says they can they can reasonably achieve. The, uh, the methane-related number is not different from what Synovus is already doing. So at the end of the day, it functions really as a backstop to ensure that industry does what it says it's going to do. Well, I mean, that, that undermines the, the need for this cap then, it seems. Why, why do we need it then if, if a, we've got carbon pricing that's making a difference? We've got partnerships on technology to reduce emissions. This seems like an antagonistic approach then. Why, why go this path? 
Not an antagonistic approach. I mean, at the end of the day, in all sectors of the economy, it's both carrots and sticks. I mean, if you take the automotive sector, it's a subsidy for people to buy electric vehicles, and it's the government building out electric vehicle infrastructure, but it's also a regulation that requires the auto manufacturers to produce zero-emission vehicles for sale in Canada. The same thing is true in, in, uh, in the oil and gas sector, where we have put on the table significant uh, investments for CCUS through the investment tax credits, but it's also effectively a tool, the CAP is a tool, to ensure that the, 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 the sector makes the progress that it needs to make if Canada is to achieve its climate goals. And, and to be honest with you, it's not just about achieving climate goals. It's about ensuring that the sector can be successful from a competitiveness perspective going forward. I mean, ultimately, at some point, the International Energy Agency says by the end of the decade, we are going to start to see a decline in global demand for oil and gas as zero emission technologies are deployed. The way in which you remain competitive is you're able to actually offer the lowest emission barrel of oil and natural gas to the world. So this is just about uh, just as much about strengthening long com- long-term competitiveness of the sector as it is about fighting the existential threat that is climate change. Right, but the, it, it, you know the industry isn't going to be able to compete. The industry isn't going to succeed if uh, if if there is a cap on production. Now you insist that there's not, and we heard that uh, quite strenuously at the press conference this morning. But I mean, can you guarantee that there won't? We, we've got a statement from the Canadian Association of Petroleum Producers says, "Look, this draft framework is effectively a cap on production. So why why should we believe that it won't be?" Well, that's just not true, Rob. I mean, at the end of the day, um, the forecast is for increasing production between now and 2030, which is consistent with what the IEA and other forecasters are saying, which is there will be increasing demand until you get to the end of the decade, and then you will start to see a decline. So the assumption is actually production goes up by as much as 12% between now and 2030, but you are going to achieve 35 to 38% reductions in emissions. And look, Every sector of the economy has to contribute to the fight against climate change. No sector of the economy can be exempt. I mean, anybody who understands anything about climate change knows that we have to make progress or we are going to leave a disastrous world for our children. But we have to do it in smart ways. And as I say, the biggest chunks of emissions reductions that are contained in the cap. One is the methane reductions that Premier Smith actually committed herself to in the emissions reduction plan that she developed with former Minister Sonia Savage. And, and the second is the pathways reductions that pathways themselves put forward and the government of Canada and Alberta have been working with pathways on. Well, I think there is an opportunity to work on all of this, but but again, it feels like you know this is all turning into a, a fight. We're imposing this cap. There's concern from industry. There's obviously opposition from from the province. Now, the premier is is speaking right now, but it sounds like you know we're, we're not getting cooperation. This is likely going to to be a fight. Did, did it have to be this way? Well, certainly, I work very hard to try to actually collaborate with industry. I think if you talk to folks in industry, I have very good relationships with all of the folks in in industry in Alberta, but in other provinces as well. I work very hard to try to have a collaborative and thoughtful relationship with the province, um, just as I do with other provinces and territories. Certainly, there are concerns that Alberta has expressed, although I would tell you that there are four producing provinces in this country. British Columbia actually supports this approach. Newfoundland, Labrador generally supports this approach. Uh, Saskatchewan and Alberta have expressed some concerns. We need to actually work through that. At the end of the day, um, we need to find pathways through which we can actually enhance competitiveness, but do so in a manner that actually enables emissions reductions. It is not good enough to say, as the Premier has said, well, I believe in net zero by 2050 without any intermediate targets to get there. You cannot start in 2040 and have any realistic possibility of achieving net zero by 2050. And so this is actually a reasonable and modest step 
towards enabling what she herself has committed herself to, which is to achieve net zero production emissions by 2050. So the, the draft regulations are out. Where does this go from here? Well, this is just a framework, actually. And so, uh, so there will be consultation over the next few months with industry, with the province. This is not a regulation. Uh, we wanted to make sure that there was time for more discussion. Um, the, regu- the initial draft of the regulations probably won't even come out until May. And, and then there's a whole regulatory process that you have to go through. So there's lots of time to work on concerns and to work our way through issues. We'll leave it there. Minister, appreciate it. Make some time for us here this morning. Thanks for the overview.